good morning, good evening, good night, wherever you are in the world, you're listening to ASI. My name is Russ Shaw. Here's some blink. And that's about the time she walked away from me. Nobody likes you when you're 23. And you still act like you're in freshman year. What the hell is wrong with me? My friends say I should act my age. That's about the time that she broke up with me. No one should take themselves so seriously. With many years ahead to fall in line. Why would you wish that on me? I never wanna act my age. What's my age again? What's my age again? That is Blink-182, an older song. I believe that's from like 1999. The band has actually come back together and has a new album out now. I'm going to play a bumper from that as I end out the show. Some things to think about today. I'm going to play some some audio from my YouTube page because nobody's watching it. (laughs) I don't know. There's about 525 views on the thing. Uh, but it's it's uh, coaching, it's sexual integrity coaching, and uh, it's it's out there. It's some content that's up there for free if you want to uh, add that as a way to. Uh, again, this is a supplement. I'm not your counselor. I'm not your priest. I'm not your rabbi. I'm not your clergy, and I'm certainly not your psychotherapist. All right, I'd be a psychotherapist if I was. I am uh, I'm simply a coach, a coach online for free with uh, as much content as I can put up, as I can pour out of my heart, I will do that as long as I got breath in my lungs. The, the website, right, the, the audio, the uh, podcast, it's not polished, all right? It's, it's kind of ghetto. It is. I'll admit it, man. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm cool with that, too. Right, the more content I can put up, the better I believe, and praying for God to um, influence my my words and stuff. I'm not perfect. I, I, I for sure I've made mistakes. Um, there's stuff in there. I, you know, my wife will say, Russ, you should listen to your own show. You know, <laughs> some of my talks on intimacy and you know bitterness and anger and you know, yeah, man. I uh, so do you get what I'm saying? Like. It's not going to be polished, and it's not going to be cute, and it's not going to have the most best quality of audio and the best production value. I'll just tell you that right now. Uh, But look for what I'm talking about under the surface, right? I mean, I could spend a a ton of time on production. I think that it's the content uh, that is important more than the uh, surfacey production value. So, yeah, be that as it may, or interpret that the way you you like, that's just kind of where I'm at with that. I've received hundreds of emails over the years answering questions 
man, my email address is russ at asi247.org. If you have any questions, if you have any um, pouring out frustrations that you would like to uh, talk with somebody about, again, this, this month is six years clean for me from this thing. What does that look like? For a guy like myself, that means that I have not had an orgasm outside of my relationship with my wife. I have not experienced that um, huge burst and release of energy outside of my wife. That includes people that aren't my wife. It also includes images, all right? And I wanted to express that some more as well. I, I talked about in the last show the object of beauty, and I felt um, convicted to bring this up in this show as well, that yes, I do watch rated R movies. I do watch some TV shows that have right stuff in them because of the culture today and my wife being my object of beauty can I tell you something and this is me right I don't soak that stuff in like if a na an image of a naked woman who's not my wife comes on the screen I instantly look at my wife I instantly look away I instantly um I don't drink in and soak in those images all right do you know what that means you understand what that means that's um that's a spiritual language for I'm not feeding on those images. I'm not, you know, letting myself suck in and drink in that stuff because my wife is my object of beauty, because I want images of her naked in my mind and not that, because that stuff can be and is tossed into my mind inadvertently without me calling it up. I don't need that stuff in my life. I don't want that stuff in my life. So I don't sit there and watch that. I don't soak that in. So when that scene is over, I continue to watch the story. It's, you know, that's a sign of the times that that stuff's in film. But again, as hearts and minds change, so do the ways we tell stories, right? As sexuality becomes more and more about surfacey, you know, like sharing pizza, like doing exercises together, the more that stuff is believed, the more those kind of images continue to be in culture. But I do believe it's important for Christians especially to understand the stories, to not run from culture, but be missional in it like Jesus was, right? Like the, the books of the Bible are written to cities. We don't run away from the scary cities. We don't run away from culture. We are in culture, but we're countercultural on a deeper level, right? We're going to engage the culture. We're going to love people in the culture like Jesus did and talk about a more grounded, rooted foundation of how to define freedom and how to define love. That's real Christianity, okay? It's a deep well to drink from that's going to satisfy the thirst of our hungry, thirsty hearts. It's not that circumstances would change, that I would point the finger out there and alienate myself from culture or, you know, believe in this superficial God who's going to change my circumstances on the future to fit my life so I can be happy and comfortable. It's not that at all. It's a deeper, grounded truth that no matter what circumstances are, no matter what may come, 
I define love differently. I define freedom differently. And I'm grounded and rooted and I drink from a different well than I used to. I'm going to play, here, here we go. I'm going to launch into these. These are uh, from the YouTube page. Uh, if you go to my website, asi247.org, they're right there. Uh, YouTube, it's Russell ASI is my YouTube channel. Um, with YouTube, man, be discerning, all right? You have to deal with your own temptations. If YouTube is too much of a temptation for you to go to, I, need, I think you need to admit that. Send me an email, talk to somebody about that. But you, you don't stay stuck there, right? It's like my friend Matt Chandler, this guy, pastor out in Texas. I, I, I listen to him so much, I consider him a friend. I never met him before. But uh, he's, he says uh, church is, it has to be an okay place to not be okay. All right? But it also has to be a place not to stay not okay. Does that make sense? We don't just let wolves in to eat sheep. Um, you need to heal. And the truth is, Jesus heals sex addicts, all right? It's, for some of you, this may sound like religion or, or, or an oversimplification, but it's really not. Sin is the problem. Sin is the affliction. Jesus is the solution. It, it really is simple as that, but it's complex in the way we work it out, right? I mean, that's true. Sin is the problem. Jesus is the solution. Your triggers don't need to be slave masters, all right? If you are the weaker brother, you need to admit that and talk about that with someone and start the process of healing. I've heard people say that some of the music I play is uh, triggery. Um, listen, some of the, the music I've played in the 10th Commandment series, especially in the beginning, is about covetousness. So it is dark. It, there's a point to some of that. The, show that I, the song that I play at the beginning of this show has to do with maturity. Um, is that necessarily a good song, a good spiritual song, a worship song to Jesus? Listen... Right, it, music isn't Christian, okay? There's music, there's songs about Jesus, but in and of itself, music is just music. It's a piece of art. It's how you perceive the art. If you're tempted, you need to admit that. Does that make sense? People are Christian or not Christian. Music is music. Music doesn't have a soul. People do. When we make one thing holier than the other, right, when it comes to art, we're, we're taking a dangerous step into self-righteousness. What, what is tempting to you is the big question. If sin owns you, you need to talk to somebody and repent of that. That is a huge first step of repentance. It's like the first step says, right? I am powerless over my addiction. And that may be true for that point in time in your life, but you do not need to stay that way. Again, I apologize for some of the audio quality. You may have to listen over the background noise. I have my smartphone in my dashboard and I'm talking, so it's not the most beautiful audio quality, just to warn you there. So here you go. Love you guys. Uh, we'll launch into some videos and play some music. Check out the YouTube page if you like, if you want to see me sitting behind the podium of my steering wheel as I drive around the Pacific Northwest. Uh, you can do so there. Here you go. Hello, people. It's gas prices at the AM, PM. God help me. This is your, uh, co 
coach, Russ Shaw, with another dash cam session. Set you up right there behind the podium of my steering wheel. How you doing? Today, uh, I wanted to, you know, share a little of my story. I started a podcast, for those of you who don't know, back in, uh, 05, the end of 05, about November of 05, and, uh, people started listening, right? And, anyway, I, I modeled, I was inspired by, um, a couple of different things, uh, one was The Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. Another one was uh, this guy Tom Likas, who's kind of a shock jock, who does a, a radio show. And he's no longer in our city. I don't know if he's still even out there. But I liked the show. I thought it was witty and smart. He was an atheist, and uh, as far as sexual ethics are concerned, today stands 180 degrees from what I stand for. But I still I like the show. I like his personality. I like the, the music, you know, stuff like that bumper music. So, uh, yeah, I was inspired by him as well. I was inspired by a reality show called Breaking Bonaduce, where this child star celebrity guy, right, goes into rehab and, and you know, he's conquering, going after his addictions and does that publicly on a reality show. So, yeah, inspired by those three things, started, kicks off the podcast, right? And, uh, I've been uh, criticized for being a shock jock, right? Well, you're just kind of a Christian shock jock, aren't you, Russ? Isn't that what you're doing? Um, a little bit, yeah, to be honest with you. I want to punch through the superficial, shallow um, wrapper that this world tends to put around people and situations and culture and really expose what's underneath that. Sometimes that's shocking. Um, Christian, early Christians, right? First of all, there's a lot of superficial people in the world, okay? Can I just say that right off the bat? Whether you're Christian, not Christian, whatever, um, there's a lot of superficial folks. I mean, doing these shows in the Tenth Commandment, um, talking about covetousness and beauty, right? Beauty and bitterness is really the, the point that I want to get to here. But first of all, um, what does it take to, to punch through that layer? Early Christians in the first century um, started wearing crosses around their neck. Now we see it today, and there's a lot of superficial religious Christians that, you know, I don't know, the jury's out whether they're even Christians or not, to be honest with you. They're that shallow and superficial. Um, but, you know, that wear crosses today. But that symbol, going back to the first century, was an offensive symbol. Um, it would be, in our culture today, much like somebody wearing a necklace with three little syringes around your neck, and then somebody going, oh, well, what, what does that mean? Oh, well, this, 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 this is a lethal injection right here. That's what this signifies, see? Uh, this is lethal Or if you wore an electric chair, and we don't really do that here in the United States anymore, we tend to put people to, to sleep like like dogs. Um, but you, you get what I'm saying, right? That's that's the symbol that folks wore around their neck to say, I'm a Christian in the first century. They would wear a cross around their neck. This was an offensive symbol on the surface to a lot of people who saw that. Um, 
lot of folks have a hard time getting to that place of, of what's scary, right? Dealing with the scary things, so to speak. I was taught when I was a kid, you know, there's two things Christians don't do. Christians don't drink alcohol and Christians don't swear. Christians don't say swear words, right? Um, and then I read the Bible, right? I, I was really angry at God for a long time, and I thought God, the God that I was shown growing up, and the way I interpreted it, was God was kind of a, a mean kid with an ant farm, you know, kind of burning ants with a magnifying glass and set people up to fail. And it's kind of the view that I got of the view that I got of God being a guy who, you know singing songs in church, for example, about righteousness and how God hates, you know, liars and people who steal and like, wait, that's me, you know, having enough uh, <laughs> honesty to say, wait, yeah, that's me. I'm singing a song about how God hates me. All right, what's, there's something wrong with this picture. And then I, I, I got mad. I was at, with a pastor who really two pastors, really, Pastor Dan and Pastor Rick, AC3 and Marysville, Washington, and these guys really had the, the patience to stick there in there with me while I was mad at God and bringing the Bible to him and going, let me tell you how this is just a bunch of fairy tales and myths and pithy, you know, surfacy self-help. And really what um, Pastor Rick said something to me one day, and, and the Holy Spirit really used that to blow me up as far as my worldview was concerned. He said, Russ, you look at this as a bunch of stuff that you're supposed to stuff in from the outside, like some kind of a cover or some kind of a shirt you're going to wear, right? As an example, I'm paraphrasing. But he said, it's not something you stuff in from the outside. It starts in here, and it grows from the inside out. That's the message of the gospel. You're talking about religion. Religion is different. Um, the religious people killed Jesus. So, my question to you in dealing with beauty, there's a guy, my wife pointed this out to me, the show Survivor, there's this guy on the Survivor show who, um, he's, he's married and he's a Christian and he sees this other woman on the island who, you know, she, I mean, it's Survivor, first of all. They dump a bunch of people out in the wilderness and they have to survive. So she runs around in her underwear because it's hot and you don't have a lot of clothes when you're just dumped out in the middle of nowhere with what you're wearing, right, told to survive. So he's mad at her, right, because she's good looking and charismatic and he's attracted to her and he's turning it on her because she's beautiful, because she, you know, and he's, and he's just, it's just disgusting that they would, oh, look at the Christian on, you know, the survivor. That's not Christianity. And when you have that attitude, you become bitter, right? That is shallowness. That is superficial religion. That is not what Jesus was about. Jesus loved, hung out with the prostitutes. The, you know, he said, as you've done to the least of these, you've done to me. Um, that was Jesus' attitude. And the religious people looked at Jesus and said, why does your teacher hang around with sinners? Um, Ultimately, they crucified him on a Roman cross. If the more shallow and superficial you are, and the more you try and pump that identity, and the more you try and stay shallow, the more bitter you will be. 
and that's the truth. The more angry you will be. Sexual addiction, underneath that is anger. Every sex addict I know is a very angry, bitter person inside, including myself. I'm still repenting of that one. Love you guys. Just wanted you to think about that. Maybe you're just shallow. I love you enough to tell you. What if you're just a shallow person and you need to repent of that? Later. Again, uh, coming at you from Everett, Washington. 
another dash cam session. This time, driving my wife's car. If you don't know about the podcast, if you're finding this on video, uh, I do a podcast on uh, iTunes, on Stitcher Radio. Do a keyword search for addiction, and you will see all hundred some odd episodes, depending on where in time you're finding this. Wanted to talk about what I touched on in the last podcast, um, grieving, uh, venting, grieving, when, when life gets hard, when things start to bust apart, when hurt and pain, emotional pain comes, we, we grieve, right? Some people grieve. Some people just kind of go off. I, I don't know. I heard a guy, one guy said, you know, you shouldn't judge the way people grieve, Russ. Some people grieve and mourn differently than others. Um, okay. Some people grieve and mourn in a healthy way, and some people don't, right? Like, that's part of addiction. People, if you hire five prostitutes to cheat on your wife, when you're hurting, that's not a healthy, right? It's not a healthy way to grieve. If you go get drunk, buy a bunch of cocaine, can we agree that that's not healthy grieving? Um, really, honestly, if you want to bust down the, the definition of the word, it's not grieving at all. Um, truth be told, I talked about the coming behind the counter analogy with having other people in your life, people you let behind the counter. Um, when we talk about issues of faith, because that's really what this is, this is a faith issue. It's showing and exposing how deep the foundation of who you are is built on. Your relationship with the creator of the universe, right? If you believe, if you're an atheist, you still run your life on faith. Well, I run my life on science, Russ. Okay, then prove it. All right, prove it. Prove there's no God. You can't, so it's a faith issue. That's the truth. And truth be told, the farther we get into the future, the more the scientific fact of irreducible complexity comes into play. But I'm not going to argue science, although I, I do believe part of reason I do believe is has to do with science. But truth be told, it is a faith issue. How deep is your faith? What are you built on? What are you grounded on? Where are your roots? Because we're gonna we're gonna choose a savior when we're hurting, or if we're gonna go to a savior, whether that be a functional savior, idol, a God made with our own hands, or the actual creator of the universe who does love us, who did create us, and knows hardship, pain, and sorrow. Shaw coming at you from the beating heart of downtown Seattle, Washington once again. 
And uh, I just wanted to bring you a little viaduct metaphor. This is uh, the Alaska Way Viaduct that I'm entering right now, uh, going on top of it. It's like a double-decker type of freeway that, uh, you know, there's cars. The cars underneath me are going southbound, and I'm going northbound. This is the last time I will be driving on this as they are tearing it down. That's right. There's 110,000 cars that use this Alaska Way Viaduct um, every day, and they are tearing it down. Yes, that's 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 the plane there, right there, or the Seahawks plane. Anyway, they, yeah, they're tearing this whole thing down because. Um, Earthquakes, seismologists and uh, engineers and people like that, let me back up in here, um, have come out and surveyed this stretch of road, this viaduct, this uh, double-decker freeway, and said that it is unsafe. It will not survive an earthquake of around uh, 8 and 7. Um, every little uh, jolt on this thing making cracks in it, and it is just not safe anymore. So the facts are, the city has to tear it down. So I have customers that I'm going to see tonight that I have to break the bad news that I'm going to be seeing them anymore um, for a while. Stuff like that, and it's going to be painful for the city, right? Um, I was listening to this song by uh, 6 a.m. and one of the lyrics in the chorus was uh, Rise Against Your Fate. Um, you've seen the uh, video or you've seen the news coverage from the San Francisco earthquakes, that big stretch of road with the double-decker freeways that sandwiched cars in between the right when the earthquake came and killed a lot of people. City of Seattle doesn't want that to happen. It's a wise thing. It's a good idea to go ahead and tear down this viaduct, but it is going to be painful, right? It's going to close for a week. It's going to reopen, but eventually, um, that's what they're doing. That's what they're getting ready, gearing up to do, is to close this thing all together, and um, there will be no more Alaska viaduct. They're planning on making a tunnel system. I'm not sure, but it's going to take years. And I'm entering the tunnel. And, uh, yeah, it's going to take years, and it's going to be painful. Um, fighting addiction is like that, okay? It's going to be painful. There is going to be a season of discomfort, of um, learning new directions, my stepbrother does physical therapy and talks about, you know, you, you're using muscles that you don't necessarily use anymore, right? You're going to have to use other muscles. This city is going to have to use I-5. It's going to have to use other ways to get through that 110,000 cars a day to get through this city. Uh, your life overcoming and fighting addiction is going to be like that. Some of you haven't chose to, you know, made the courageous choice of, of tearing down your viaduct. 
right? Some of you haven't done that. Some of you are trying to take the comfortable route and what it, you know, and I get that, but I promise you something. An addiction like sexual addiction, for example, is it took a long time to get the way it is. It's going to take a long time to transfer and change that pattern. It's going to take tearing down your, your viaduct. It's going to take creating new habits. It's going to take learning to trust, learning to have faith, learning to get in touch with, with God, to press in in prayer and understand that the anxiety level that's up here, right? I mean, they put this off for a long time. I mean, we've had in the news earthquakes around the world that got people freaked out. Here in our city, we've had about three of them in the last six months, six months, little ones. Um, recently, there was one on Mount Rainier that was like a, not a very big one, but again, another earthquake around here. Are you going to rise against your fate, right? How are you going to be remembered? What is your legacy? What will your kids say about you? Your grandkids, your grandkids' grandkids. If you have stepkids, your stepkids' grandkids, will you be in their life? Will you love them? Will you be that guy? Or will you collapse in on yourself and continue to feed your addiction? Are you ready to rise against your faith and tear down your eyes up? It's not going to be easy, but it has to be done. you enjoyed the YouTube show. The line in that song from uh, Blink-182, What's My Age Again, where he says, you know, I don't think people should take themselves so seriously. There's a, there's a certain amount of, you know, childlike angst. You know, there's a, that childlikeness, that cool childlike energy that's pouring out in that song. But then there's also the collision of the childishness when it comes to relationships and how devastating and damaging that can be. Um, love is dangerous. The maturity of the band, so to speak, when they write that song. Love that song. That song I played earlier is by a band called Love Like Gravity. Love that name. Um, independent band, independent rock band played the whole song. Check out their website. If you go to my website, ASI247.org, there's links to the music that I play on the show. and You can download the songs in their entirety. Um, Great band. Check out the rest of their music. St. Augustine, it, one of my favorite uh, 
you know, early church fathers wrote a book, The City of God, which uh, came out in the 5th century, right? Awesome book, still sells today, 1,500 years old. Um, St. Augustine said something that always stuck with me um, when I first heard it, and it, it just blow your mind a little bit. Love Jesus and do exactly what you want was his quote, right? But the facts are love is dangerous. Getting to those deeper levels, pressing down through the right, the surface comfort of those screaming desires and touching into hitting the the bedrock, right? Hitting the the oil of those deeper desires is really what I want you to understand. Jesus heals sex addicts. Sin is the problem. Jesus is the solution. God does love you. The bloody cross is proof. God did enter his own story, did live as a man, and did sacrifice for the sake of love for us. Till next time, bye.